Okay, we are live with another episode of Discoverhood River, and today's guest is Angie uh, from the Gorge Speakeasy. Hello, Gorge. If you haven't heard of the Speakeasy yet, then don't worry, we're going to be diving into it. And about half yeah. the people that come to this event every month have never heard of it before, so you're not alone. Okay, okay. So uh, let's just jump into it. What? What is? Uh, so let's start with. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, my name's Angie. My pronouns are she/her. I'm originally from the East Coast. I'm one of them New Englanders, Massachusetts, born and raised. Went out to Utah for a few years after college. It was really dry and uh, not green enough. So I figure, why not try the Pacific Northwest? Uh, oh, wow. Found myself looking for summer jobs, thinking it would be a temporary see what it's like thing. And six-ish years later, I'm still here in the gorge and loving it. Now, how, how did you hear of Hood River? So I actually applied for a job working for the Girl Scouts. I thought it would just be a summer gig mm -hmm. out near Wind Mountain and Dog Mountain uh, in Skamania mm -hmm. County. And I fell in love with it, had a great job, ended up working there for almost five years until I just recently went self-employed this past winter. So it was mm -hmm. more of like looking for opportunities, found one in this random place called Skamania County, most mm -hmm. Bigfoot sightings in the world, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Fabio lives mm -hmm. there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, this looks green and green and what I'm looking for. So, so yeah. you originally came to uh, Skamania County? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. I was... Um, kind of near home valley so where where wind mountain is like slumping into the river <laughs> mm -hmm. wow and now was that your first time then out here or i had never been to oregon nor washington before moving here so i just knew knew it's what i wanted it just yeah. felt good and that's sort of how i've always done everything in life is oh yeah. that sounds kind of good it feels right to me let's just do it and then go 100 yeah. percent. yeah <laughs> you mentioned bigfoot do you believe in bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> i will say i do believe in the click attack ape cat which i have been seeing have you seen signs around this william no oh my no. gosh okay go to margie's outdoor store in vingen mm -hmm. They have a giant, like, life-size rendition of the Clickitat ape cat, mm -hmm. and they're taking these uh, paranormal reports from people who have seen. I haven't seen it myself, but I have seen little signs around town of people who have. So ape, ape cat. The ape cat. It's another supernatural really thing roaming. Yep, that's maybe where, you should have the where, Margie's outdoor store come on because yeah. <laughs> that's all I know. That's interesting. Like, I, keep I, your eyes I, peeled, folks. <laughs> I, I, I have not heard of this. Maybe maybe we'll have a sighting in Hood River at some point. Yep, I bet the click attack eight caps could swim. <laughs> so uh, now tell us about the uh, the the what is what is the speakeasy and how did you how did you, uh, you, you did you create that? Well, let's take a little time travel back to okay. fall of 2020. Imagine the whole mm -hmm. world is knowing we're about to enter this COVID winter, our uh -huh. first COVID winter, yeah, yeah. and we're all kind of dreading it a bit. So at that point, you know, we're all looking for our friends to hunker down with so that we can mm -hmm. sit outside six feet apart and still have some sort of human connection. So I find my, found myself with um, a, somebody who I had been close friends with for a year or two at that point, and she was sort of that hub that had all these spokes of other friends and it turned into mm -hmm. this group of four of us that would meet up for we called them patio fridays and um patio fridays were our lifeblood throughout that covid winter mm -hmm. we would meet on her frozen little patio in hood river and usually in the rain so mm -hmm. she built a little rain shed for uh, like shield for us and we would just sit there six feet apart and bond over stories and conversations and we would go really deep really fast even without having known each other that mm -hmm. long so it really 
showed it was such a tribute to the power of conversation and storytelling mm -hmm. and how deep relationships can form from that mm -hmm. so you know we had so many business ideas at that time we were in full-on imagination mode because there was nothing else to do and nothing was open so yep. we would get takeout and just think like well what if this and if the community could use that and what if there was you know i think about like these relay races from the top of Mount Hood to the top of Mount Adams and back mm -hmm. and just going mm -hmm. on and on with all of these different ideas. And something we had thought of a few times was some sort of community storytelling night where we could, and you know, maybe this was just someone's backyard or my friend used to have one in the basement occasionally. So, mm -hmm. you know, we just kind of put that on the back burner until about a year later in fall 2021. So just a year ago from now, we revisited the idea and we thought things are a little bit more back to life. This winter won't be as dreary as it was in 2020 mm -hmm. to 2021. So let's just see what we can do. So we called around for a few places. Basically, with just the only guiding point there was, hey, we want to host some sort of community storytelling night and we'll figure out the rest later. So we found a few, we called a few places, toured a couple places and ended up settling on the ruins in Hood River. And they were really accommodating, wanted mm -hmm. to see our vision come to life. So just kind of dived right in and uh, created everything from scratch in like 24 hours. I had all my materials ready to yeah. go in this like patio group of friends. I'm the one who like, I want to hear all their ideas. And then I just hear when I like latch onto it and want to make it come to life. So I had basically like this whole info packet created 24 hours after we decided to go for it. And from there, it was just the four of us. And then some of our other friends turned into basically like the six of us having this little board of ideas and connections. Um, and it, it kind of took off from there. November 2021 was our first event. We had probably 70 something people. 70 people on the first on event. On the first event. And that was all just, how did, you know. How did you get the word out? Was like for the, that many people to show up? Yeah. So definitely part of it was posters. We just printed out. I just made a free poster online and we mm -hmm. put those in all the, you know, we have so many coffee shops and restaurants and mm -hmm. bars around here. So that was easy. But actually I'm finding as reluctant as I was, social media is such a huge help. And luckily for me, mm -hmm. I have experience in social media, both professionally and just being a millennial. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of just took it from there, made sure it was branded, make sure we have some informational stuff, some funny stuff. I've really embraced reels. So even to this day, month to month, we get a lot of new people coming in saying, hey, I found you on Instagram. So yeah, Instagram. definitely, yeah. definitely a big help. Yep. Now, what was the first uh, storytelling night like? Mm. Oh my gosh, we had no idea what we were getting what, into. What was that, so how did, and, and another question I have is like, so how does a, so how does it work? Can anybody go and tell any story or do you have like sort of themes? Mm. Yeah, why don't I give you then some info on just like how an sure. ordinary night works. So the Gorge Speakeasy is the name of our monthly storytelling event that gives back to the community. So every event is donation only. We don't charge a cover, but we do ask for Gener or any kind of donation that you want. And some people are super generous. Some people don't donate. It's all up to you. If you want to throw in $5, $10, we've had people do a lot more than that. But it's whatever you put in the pot, the profits will go to a chosen local nonprofit or mm -hmm. organization every single month. So those first couple of months, it was getting cold, um, you know, COVID winter again. Mm -hmm. So we decided that those first two events, we would donate all of our profits to the Hood River Warming Shelter so mm -hmm. that anyone who didn't have a home could have somewhere um, warm to sleep at night. And then mm -hmm. from, since then, we've done a whole bunch of different things. A lot of 
environmental causes like Friends of the Gorge, Mount Adams Institute. We had Gorge Ecology Outdoors. Helping Hands is the domestic violence shelter. So kind of all over the place. We're like, what's a mission that we really want to support in the Gorge? And we ask whoever wants to donate money that night. We have them uh, put it in the pot and we'll write a check usually the next day to that to that organization. So it's when I say storytelling that gives back, that's the gives back part. Mm-hmm. As for the storytelling part, it is totally open to the whole community on who wants to tell a story. So we've had some people tell a story in most of the 10 events that we've done. And we've had some people who did it once and um, haven't again, not because they had a bad mm-hmm. experience, but just because it's so different every single month. So we'll we'll limit it to stories that are between two and 10 minutes. Um, really, really broad, as long as there's like no hate speech or anything, you know, really... Mm-hmm. Uh, super duper triggering like that then Mm -hmm. it's pretty open we do have a suggested theme each month and we try and have a lot of fun with these so we'll do some story prompts to help people think we've had themes from uh, possessions to um, taboo to adventure to home was our last month and then our next event in november the theme is fear as Mm -hmm. a sort of belated tribute to halloween so -hmm. yeah most people will stay on topic for the theme but you don't have to uh, it's an 18 plus event, so we've really just had a whole wide range of people. We just had a 97 year old storyteller at our last event, so really all walks really? of life, all types of people, all types of stories, and that's wow. that's a gist of the event. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, so, are there any memorable stories <laughs> that you want to share? Like, oh, so you know, <laughs> one thing one thing that we any, say sometimes is what happens at the speakeasy stays at the speakeasy. Oh, okay. So typically we try and just keep it kind of like hush hush feel like very private community oriented but we do have some people who ask in advance if it's okay for them to record stories so Mm -hmm. um i know like for example nika kermani who runs the dance studio in bingen if you go to her instagram she filmed her story which was really fun so um we do you know we're happy for people to take pictures if people ask to take video but there Mm -hmm. have been some really epic stories that Mm -hmm. uh, will never be videoed and it's probably better that way because then it's so special for those people that happen to be in the room that night and every month is just a new surprise taking it back old school you have to be Mm -hmm. there to see it right exactly and i think that's part of the magic yeah the world before social media then then Uh then then like you can only say things by word of mouth and mm-hmm. you know that's, that's actually been a huge part too. what i've noticed like social media for sure is playing a role in getting new people to the event but word of mouth is mm-hmm. arguably more than that um mm-hmm. maybe maybe just they're on a tie with social media as for promotion mm-hmm. but this like whole word of mouth thing is really fitting in with that kind of like hush hush vibe and like keep it like mm-hmm. local and secret a little bit not that we're trying you know we're not exclusive at all we want everybody to come if we mm-hmm. get 200 people in there that's great some of you and, will be standing but that's yeah, okay <laughs> and, and i myself have actually heard uh positive things like just every now like i think like like once a month somebody will mention the gorge speakeasy and then of course like going through your instagram like every now and then you'll see the speakeasy and you see you see like how many people are are there mm-hmm. and like it looks like a really fun event I, unfortunately i haven't had the, the chance to make it out yet but um but i i fully in, intend on doing so yeah i mean it's not it's it's been such a 
an up and down. We've had a successful month every month we've gone so that we've done 10 events already since mm-hmm. last November. We skipped a month because of snowstorm and COVID. Everyone remember January 2022. Mm-hmm. But uh, 10 events so far and they've all been a little bit different. We've had as small as like maybe 65 people and as big as almost 150. So it's like mm-hmm. really you never know what you're going to get until the night of. I never know what to expect and as the MC. It's like you know, right. is anyone even going to show up? And people have shown yeah. up every single time, so it's it's really it's great. Now, where where now? So where where are you guys uh, trying to take it then at this point? Like if, <laughs> if it like if it gets, is there a point at which it can get like too big then, for for possibly the ruins or like do you want to keep it like exactly where it is? This can be this like secret that the, only the community knows about? <laughs> it's possibly. a tough question. Uh, for someone who is so usually forward thinking and dreaming of the future, I'm mm-hmm. really bad when it comes to like the practical, well, what is next? Mm-hmm. So for me, the way I see it is I, above all, want to put our audience's desires and feedback first. So I do really encourage people to email us, send us a message, write down on paper in person and leave us Mm -hmm. a note. Like feedback is so, so valuable to me. And so Mm -hmm. we know from the people that a lot of y'all want food and some sort of food. And you know, that's a little bit hard because like, this is my volunteer work. This is my friend's volunteer time. Like we're putting this together just because it's fun. And if we Mm -hmm. introduce food to that, it's like, okay, do we get food handlers permits and serve it ourselves? Do we get from Mm -hmm. an outside source, but then have to clean it all up ourselves? Are we going to lose money on this somehow? Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, it's all, it's not like this is our job. This is just our fun, fun fun event. So, you know, trying to figure out food is, I mean, if anyone, if any local restaurants are listening and want to hook us up with some sort of deal or whatever, (laughs) please let me know. But food for sure, having some at least snacks or maybe like a food truck out before the event, something Mm -hmm. where we can still satisfy that piece of feedback. Um, you know, we get different ideas all the time. Like a, a couple of people have actually mentioned a podcast. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. uh, as William knows, podcasts are a lot of work. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't personally have time for that right now. And there are already storytelling podcasts out there. And actually, one of our storytellers was featured on the Risk podcast a few months ago, which was exciting. But, mm. um, you know, some of these ideas are like really, really exciting and great. And I think we'll just see where we are a year from now. But, you know, looking forward I think having a few more fun months, like in uh, last December, we had an ugly sweater contest. Uh, Next month for November or the next event that we're having in November is going to have some sort of like Halloween costume uh, (laughs) resurgence from a few days before. So trying to add more fun activities and then finding some way to um, have some sort of food or snack available is kind of like the next step. And then we'll see what bigger dreams come from there. Okay. All right. Wow, that's that's uh, that's awesome. A lot of growth in, in in the works then. Yeah, and it's just a lot of growth for I think the, like just seeing the people's reaction to it too. Like you know, everyone's had a blast. Like from the very first event, it was a blast. But now seeing like the rippling effects it's having is so. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel so good about the work that we're doing to make this event happen because people will tell me privately, people will say it on stage that like, we had a very appreciative group of storytellers last event who were sharing like about the impact that the event has on them. And it makes Mm -hmm. them feel more connected to strangers on the street that are, you know, people that they see when they're shopping in rose hours. Like you can, I really think storytelling and listening to other people's stories builds empathy and connection with the people that you're surrounded by. And and people that you're surrounding. And so if we can keep on mm-hmm. building that into this monthly event and mm-hmm. really emphasizing that like, hey, locally we are we are we are a family, we are a community. 
And so how can we best support each other? And I think a first step of that is listening to each other and talking to each other. And so knowing that other people are feeling that too and making new friends and like sitting with new people at the event, like that's heartwarming. Yeah. And that, that brings up another point where like what, um, and and something that I've been trying, like along those lines, like there's, there seems to be, it's almost like there's a little bit of overlap between what you're trying to do and what I'm trying to do. Because Mm -hmm. like, because like when you get into it, like everybody does have either a story or like I, I've always believed that like when you start digging and like not digging but like asking questions like almost everybody is very interesting you just you just you just um uh sometimes you just don't see it you know that your average person walking in the grocery store may have the absolutely most amazing story mm-hmm. or, or like something to share and um and and that's um that's something that I think you're, you're definitely bringing out is like you get to see people's stories and I think I think that's amazing. I think too, a lot of people, I mean, we have some really fantastic storytellers and who have, you know, either done this before, they're just naturals, but we really, really emphasize that this is a safe space for anyone to tell a story. Even if you've never stood on a stage before, never used a microphone before, Mm -hmm. our audience is going to support you and it will feel good for, to get up there and share your story. But a lot of people who don't have that experience think, well, I have nothing to talk about or, Mm -hmm. oh, like there's that one thing from that one time, but I don't know how to present it. So from my Girl Scouts background, like I mentioned earlier, everything that Girl Scouts does is very progressive. So you learn the simpler Mm -hmm. skill and then you build on it and then you build on it and then you become really advanced in whatever you're Mm -hmm. working on. And so um, our kind of progression at the Gorge Speakeasy is we have these things called scoops. And these are scoops are just pieces of paper with some lines on it. And anybody can write an anonymous scoop. And these are like 30-ish second, totally secret stories or jokes or anecdotes or lessons or anything that you mm-hmm. want to write down and get out of your brain and onto paper. You would um, you put it in the jar and then in between each of the eight to 10 storytellers that we have on a given night at the event, I read one or two scoops um, in between each of those. So we get this huge collection of stories ranging from like, you know, 10 seconds to however long on a scoop. Um, And that's a way for people to start getting comfortable getting their words out of their bodies. And Mm -hmm. even though they're anonymous and they're not actually on stage, hearing those words come from my voice standing on the stage can be that little uh, nudge to like, oh, well, what can I share next time? And then eventually Mm -hmm. if they want to go to Toastmasters or make a presentation at work and then maybe eventually tell a story on stage at the speakeasy. Mm -hmm. Like I want to provide a comfortable space for people to expand like their forms of communication and the comfort of talking to strangers and being super vulnerable because, you know, we're not really taught how to do that in school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For for people that don't know what um, I'm, Toastmasters is, is like, is that the same thing or is it different? Toastmasters is different. So Toastmasters is like all over the world and super, super organized. And I know that there's at least two, probably more clubs in the gorge. I joined the Hood River Toastmasters virtually during COVID, and I haven't been active since because the time of year is just Mm -hmm. uh, difficult for me, but I do plan to be back in these winter months. Mm -hmm. But they have um, at Betty's Place, the diner in downtown, Mm -hmm. they'll meet there for their weekly Toastmasters meeting at 630 in the morning on Thursdays. And Mm -hmm. as of now, they still have the Zoom option. And I think most people are still Zooming in. But Toastmasters is essentially a public speaking club that's meant for you to help build on your public speaking skills and get more comfortable talking in front of a group of people. I do think there's a big difference between public speaking on Zoom or a podcast or whatever than and 
compared to standing on stage and speaking to like 100 people. But I do think that what I learned from Toastmasters helps me. There are transferable skills to standing on stage, talking to Mm -hmm. people or running an event, even though Toastmasters is very much like, today I'm going to talk about this topic. I will tell you about these three things. Mm -hmm. And it's like very, but the structure in that is that's like how you run a business presentation. That's how you run, you know, very, yeah. So highly recommend trying out Toastmasters if you're like, oh, maybe I should work on my public speaking skills a bit. Yeah, yeah. And and so how how do you find more information on on the Toastmasters? Oh, there's a website. You can also it, on Facebook um, type in like okay. Hood River Toastmasters. And they meet at Betty's Place? Betty's Place or okay. Zoom. Um, I'm sure if you message them on Facebook or, you know, find me, message me. <laughs> well, I will find you the link. Betty's Place where you where they have absolutely amazing breakfasts. And like from what I've heard, like some of the largest cinnamon rolls that most. Oh, yeah. I've had one most, of those. <laughs> most visitors have ever seen. Yep. If you need your sugar fix, it's a great place to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a good breakfast, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. right, and so, Toastmasters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to um, back up just a little bit and then um, get more like about you. Now, you're originally from Massachusetts, mm-hmm. Boston. No, uh, Boston area. Framingham Mass for anyone out there. A lot of doctors know of it, but the Framingham uh-huh. Framingham Heart Study. Okay. It was a lot about, you know, cardiac research. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not, I guess only the doctors find that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but like, so are you, are you, you're a Celtics fan. Uh, yeah, but I won't say that I'm keeping up to date on the NBA. So if you're going to get like real so, sporty with me, I so, don't know. <laughs> Blazers or Celtics? Is that gonna, is that a hard one for you? Oh, obviously Celtics. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Like, I know I love the Pacific Northwest and it's my home now, but like the loyalty is, yeah, 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 the loyalty will never die. Okay, okay but, but the, bla- the Blazers are... Are, are up there i hope <laughs> I, yeah i guess you know what i should i should start watching pacific northwest sports more i should support them more actually i think i could really get into the portland thorns i would love to like support some women's soccer i think mm. that would be my next step but uh still go patriots everybody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so and 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 i take it from uh, you working with Girl Scouts, you, you grew up in the Girl Scouts. I actually and... didn't. So I've found that my entire, my whole career, again, I'm a millennial. I'm not mm-hmm. like, you know, super duper experienced in all of life, but my career so far, uh, has all been around getting more people outside and getting them the resources that they need to feel confident and competent mm-hmm. outdoors. And a lot of times that's youth and families and girls. Mm -hmm. So um, I did go to Girl Scout camp growing up and I was, you know, fairly outdoorsy, but I was not the things that I do now. I never would have imagined myself standing on the top of Mount Rainier when I was a child. I think like, oh, that is so, you know, you only see white men doing that. Mm -hmm. I don't see a girl, a woman who looks like me when Mm -hmm. I was like nine years old. I literally didn't even know it was an option. Mm -hmm. And so I want all the Girl Scouts, I want all the youth in the Pacific Northwest to look at whatever their local volcano is and know like Mm -hmm. someday I can have the skills to summit that if I want to, or at least attempt to. And Mm -hmm. um, so that's a real big, that's part of why I love the, when we donate at the Speakeasy, when we donate to environmental organizations and the ones that um, have outdoor programming for youth, because it's such a special place for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, so what, um, what year did you move out to Utah and and what, what brought you to Utah? (laughs) I had a rough semester in college and, um, 
you know, it was just like, ugh, classes aren't what I thought I wanted, and yeah. stupid boy, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so yeah, I figured, yeah, like, yeah. you know, why not just go spend a summer in the Southwest? And I had to do an internship anyway, so. And what, what, and what, what, what is your major? I studied environmental science, and so okay. my idea of an internship to help me towards my degree was, I'll go be a whitewater raft guide in Utah. Mm-hmm. But it was actually incredibly life-changing because it was a whitewater rafting company, an adaptive sports company for people with disabilities and disabilities advantaged backgrounds. So I was taking out people on whitewater rivers who were in wheelchairs or they were recovering from strokes or they had MS or just, you know, Mm -hmm. all different. We had like children who were in like behavioral facilities and this was their reward was to get outside on a trip. So Mm -hmm. that was like truly transformational because I had never interacted with people dramatically different from my upbringing before, like Framingham, Mm -hmm. Massachusetts, like you know, there was some racial diversity, but like most of my group of friends were very much like me. And my my college in Boston was very much like me. And so to be like thrown into this universe of like people who live so differently than me and have had so much more adversity than I'll probably ever have in my life, it Mm -hmm. was extremely eye-opening to like, A, the privilege I have, and then B, the... You're talking mm -hmm. about people with like, kind of like disabilities and yeah all types so like i mean gosh like there were there's something called like friedrich's ataxia which is like Mm -hmm. a degenerative disease where people will just lose coordination of their muscles over time and then they Mm -hmm. die young so i mean there were just so many so many diseases or conditions that i had never even heard of and we were we want those people to have the dignity and taking risk if they want to. So um, if somebody wants to be able to go on a river trip, but they're in a wheelchair, most people, Mm -hmm. most companies are going to turn them away and say, we can't do that. But we were like, of course we can do that. Like we'll cut off the legs of these lawn chairs and then we'll strap the Mm -hmm. lawn chairs to the raft. And then like, we'll strap your wheelchair to the back since you can't be strapped into a wheelchair if the raft flips, but Mm -hmm. we're going to hold you into this chair. If you can't hold yourself, like there's just always a way. And like, dragging wheelchairs up those like very sandy hills when there's low water at camp and like there's always a way to make something happen especially Mm -hmm. when it's to get people an experience that isn't afforded to them like it is to everybody else and like the world isn't built for like for example people in wheelchairs like there's still i mean i'm sure there's plenty of places around hood river that people in a wheelchair couldn't get inside or they couldn't get around to the front door and um you know there's laws that are trying to improve that but there's still a long way to go especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to outdoor access okay and that's what you were um doing in utah then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I did a few, you know, I, sub- I started substitute teaching there. I ended up substitute teaching in Skamania County and White, Sa- in White Salmon Valley School okay. District as well. I did some work at um, kind of like an assisted living facility for people with disabilities, mm-hmm. also trying to get them out outdoors into the community. So a lot of kind mm-hmm. of like community building for people that aren't always given that option. Any any, any uh, plans to substitute teacher here in, in Hood River then? Or? You know, actually, <laughs> I, I tried when I first moved here in early 2017 um, during the non-Girl Scout camp season. I was looking to substitute over here, but I didn't have a teaching license. And Washington would still take me as an emergency substitute, but Oregon wouldn't. So I was like, fine, I'll stick with Washington. Really? I'm Washington citizen anyway, so okay. it's okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, oh, so, um, um, uh. So uh, you 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 live across the river then in in White Salmon. Virginia. I'm in White Salmon now. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, pretty close to the river. So um, no click to have eight cat sightings yet, but I'm sure it's it's nearby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Um, so um, uh, what was uh, so now about what what year did you come here to Hood River then? 
I moved to the Gorge early 2017 and um, to White Salmon just about a year ago. So I was mm-hmm. in Skamania County before that and just pushing over a little bit to the sunnier oh, okay. side. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Oh, cool. So so that's a that's quite a varied background. So um, now that's that's a huge jump from the Northeast to, to <laughs> like, but it's not the the climate is is like somewhat the same as oh I didn't know I wouldn't say so no? I mean okay so like winter especially like yes we get like rainy gray winter here and I know a lot of my uh-huh. friends don't like that and they're like need to escape need to mm-hmm. go to California for the gorge winter but I'm like man that the fact that it's like rare that I have to shovel feet of snow out just to like leave my house it's so nice mm-hmm. and like yeah don't get me wrong the snowstorms suck yeah, here yeah, <laughs> when yeah. they do happen because it turns to ice but <laughs> that cascade concrete right but yeah. um no oh my gosh winter in boston like when the public transportation would shut down and like are the winters oh. worse over there yeah yeah For just like lots part. of snow lots of cool okay. i mean we had this one blizzard i think in 2013 and i got to cross country ski around the city and there's a picture of me standing in front of the boston or the massachusetts state house on my cross country skis <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no i definitely i would rather choose when i want to go skiing which is great here in the gorge and choose when i want to go trail running and not be yeah. you know snowbound in my house yeah. so yeah i actually love all the seasons out here so do, do you do you work in the environmental uh, industry now then or so when after i left my job at girl scouts in this past january i was like what am i going to do now mm-hmm. um and i've been doing I've, i'm a freelancer right now so mm-hmm. um you know, when i'm not at the gorge speakeasy mm-hmm. i am doing a whole bunch of different random projects so yeah i do yeah. some social media for uh their people in the outdoors industry i do curriculum writing i actually stay on with girl scouts as a contractor uh, you know, there's people who need help with like their um, their learning experiences for their customers. And since I have sort of that teaching background and know how to set up a course or mm-hmm. run that type of organizational thing, I have, mm-hmm. oops, sorry. <laughs> I'll help with that. Um, helping people with like their blogs and emails. It's I guess a lot of it comes down to communication and strategy. So similar things yeah, to the speakeasy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Cool. Now, um, so being in 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 like a wide-ranging set of like skills i i like to like i like to ask um most of my guests about like so what 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 are some what are some tips to stay productive what what are Mm. some of the small things that you do to to um i guess get get the most out of your day stay productive Mm this will be a little bit of a tangent, but yeah, I need yeah, to no. shout out Melanie McCloskey is a coach in town. She's like a mm-hmm. life coach, business coach. Um, and she introduced me to the Clifton Strengths assessment. And so it's an online assessment. You pay for it or you work with Melanie and she helps you understand all of it. And it's amazing. But I learned what my strengths were out of like 34 different strengths that they say humans can have. So mm-hmm. there, there's things like empathy or learner or what achiever. Are you, what, no, what are yours? What so are your strengths? My top five are futuristic, learner, significance, meaning I like to make an impact, uh-huh. <laughs> focus, which probably helps with productivity, and achiever. And so by my productivity hack is like by knowing those strengths, I know where it doesn't take much work from or effort for me to like really shine. And I know where I can excel because that's what comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, I know what my bottom 34 of my 34 strengths right, right. are. And I know, okay, those are the things that like, no matter how hard I really try and make work, they're probably never going to come naturally for me. And I can either outsource them or delegate them or do them, use my other strengths in a way to get those tasks done without trying to force something I'm not. So like mm-hmm. just I would say a huge productivity tip is like knowing what are your strengths and what are your not strengths and then finding yeah. a way to get the things done. I, I think I, I think I read that. Uh, I, I know uh, what book that comes from. It's, um, 
I think is it called Know Your Strengths? It might be. There's a they, the I company think, comes out with a handful of books. So there's one for like if you're a manager at work, how to manage your employees of different strengths. Yeah. There's a whole bunch. Yeah, I think I actually took that online assessment of uh, my strengths, and I think one of mine was futuristic too nice. as well. Um, another one is context because I'm really mm-hmm. into history. Um, maybe I think like learner. I'd have to go back. I've got it written down somewhere, but. But I found that to be like really, really interesting and useful because when you, when you learn more about like what, where you're strong, like, like it, it makes a, it does make a huge difference because like try instead of, so our, uh, and and I know this this is kind of a like a like a really big side tangent it's here, related, but, but yeah, yeah, totally, totally. This, <laughs> but um, I think one of the one of the big issues of, with the way that our education system runs and like being a, a substitute teacher, maybe like you can comment on this, but, but it comes from like the industrial revolution of where mm-hmm. um, we, we treat every single child as if they're like just robots, like the same. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and people are not like that. People, uh, kids like different things. They learn differently. They, they communicate differently. We're all so different. Right. In our education system, um, not that, you know, not, there's so much good that comes from it. But um, I, I think that, you know, who, who knows how far in the future, like they're going to have to tailor like to do better, like sort of play to people's strengths. You know, mm-hmm. so so, for example, like when I was younger, I struggled with mathematics, although I, I do find mathematics interesting. I was sort of like I kind of internalized the, this idea that that I'm not a mathematician, mm-hmm. right? But as it turns out, um, um, like mathematics is, a, is an incredibly fascinating, it, it's just it's just the way that I think most, most math teachers are very analytical, very, um, you know, black and white. You know, this is the way that you do a problem. And one of the issues that I had growing up was, was I would always have the correct solution, but there's like several different ways that you can go about yeah. within mathematics to get the, the, the same, um, the same like correct solution. So, um, so no, no, that I totally believe that, that everybody has their strengths and you just need to find what you're good at mm-hmm. and then do that. And then you're absolutely right. Then delegate what you're weak at. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a problem with like, not just school, but like so many things, so many workplaces in our society are like, well, that's the way it's always been done. So that's how we're always going yep. to do it moving yep. forward. And there, there's so much productivity lost when you stick to your old systems mm-hmm. without evaluating them and collecting feedback and making changes mm-hmm. moving forward, even if they seem like sweeping dramatic changes like stick mm-hmm. with it for a few months and you may be way more productive mm-hmm. because your old system was outdated so like yeah whether whether it's school or you're running a community event or like whatever it is like mm-hmm. I really you know I used to be a little bit afraid of change now I really embrace it because I've only seen growth come from it yeah yeah now is that uh, any are there any other sort of like big productivity tips that you can um yeah allow you to get through your days it's i wonder sometimes i wonder if i'm a weird one because i've been working remotely since i moved here and so i was one of the earlier remote workers before covid and everyone became remote so Mm -hmm. i actually like really love working from home uh (laughs) i know a lot of people are like get me back to the office i'm way more productive but i find that if you're working at home and you're struggling to be productive full screen mode has helped me a lot so i Mm -hmm. believe me i have like 30 tabs open at any time i'm one of those people 
But if I need to focus on like the task at hand and not get distracted, full screen, that one tab that's open and not mm-hmm. look at any other tabs. Mm-hmm. Putting my phone on silent, is it sounds so simple, but I swear like, especially with like, you know, all these social media accounts and everything and like, oh, yeah. new gorgeous yeah. speakeasy posted a reel and like people are whatever. Like, I mean, I'll get that, that ding or that buzz like all the time and it will just completely tear me away even if I don't look at my phone, if I just hear it. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to keep it on silent working from yeah, home. Yeah, and so when i i don't much anymore but like when i when i used to go to the local like coffee shops and everything to try and like get things done another small thing that that i do and and i don't know if this will help anyone else out but for some weird reason like so usually when i want to get some stuff done i i usually yeah put your phone on silent put it upside down Mm -hmm. like so that you don't see the notification you don't see it light up and then what what i personally do is um I will usually go to like Google and type in stopwatch and then hit the start button. And then for some reason, like it tricks the brain in, into sort of like thinking like you're actually at work now. Mm-hmm. Like you can't mm-hmm. answer your phone. You got it. And it's just pure work. And for some reason, seeing a timer, like it, it, it sort of, at least for myself and I don't know for anybody else, but it kind of somewhat hacks the brain into thinking you, you have to hit at least an hour before you can check your phone. Right. Right. And for some reason, when you tell your mind that it wants to get to an hour. Right. Right. To before you check your phone. Now, again, that's that's just me. I don't I don't know if anyone else would. Well, there's work. similar like concepts of kind of like tricking your brain. Right. Like I forget there's something someone's law or someone's theory is that whatever essentially like, you know, whatever backpack you bring on your outdoor adventure, you're going mm-hmm. to find a way to fill it, whether it's 18 liters or 40 liters, like you will find a way to fill it. And right. the same thing with your time, right? Like if you're like, okay, I need to edit this podcast and publish it. If you give yourself only an hour to do that and you're focused, you will mm-hmm. get it done. If you give yourself four hours, it will take you the full time. At least yeah. that's my experience. And I know a lot yeah. of other people too. So pre-scheduling, like my, especially as a freelancer now and having so many different clients of like very different, like I said, I'm doing like a lot of different things right now. And then with mm-hmm. the speakeasy on top of that and my other side things, like there's a lot to juggle. And so if, and this doesn't always work because I don't always do it, but when I do sit down and say between these hours, this is the task that I'm working on, then mm-hmm. that definitely helps with my productivity. And I've kind of with like, you know, life coaching and all that, I've been trying to design like, what would my ideal work day look like? And mm-hmm. for me, I know that if I'm doing like true, true, like creative and like very, um, deliberate high quality work as opposed to just like admin tasks, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do like high quality brain work for more than like four or five hours a day. So But if that can be productive, then like, you know, for another hour or two a day, that's when I can do those admin tasks that don't take as much brain power, more repetitive tasks, stuff like that. So if even though like I might not be working eight hours a day every single day, I'm managing my energy instead of my time. And that ends up saving me time in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, And so. All right. So I have some other questions. Favorite restaurants? Ooh. What are some of your favorite restaurants here in Hood River? I really like Pho River. And I specifically like getting takeout and bringing it to the waterfront. I have a really soft spot in my heart for bodas, especially Mm -hmm. their mashed potatoes. If we're talking Hood River, I'm trying so hard to like exclude the rest of the gorge. No offense to the rest of the gorge, but. Oh, white salmon and binging too. Oh, I mean like, but what about the dowels? Because they have Mm -hmm. the riv. Have Mm -hmm. you been to the riv? 
River City Salon. They do. Nope. Just uh, the Rib. No, 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 not Rib. Uh, no, no, I haven't. Oh, okay. It's great. They do. They're closed on Sundays, but they do generally do brunch. So don't uh-huh. go for Sunday brunch, but go for Saturday mm-hmm. brunch. And they have a fantastic breakfast and brunch. It's in a cute, like, old churchy building um, and like, mm. the historic part of the Dalles. The Rib. What do they serve there? It's like just, you know, fancy toasts. Like things, people like me like to eat this stuff, right? Like bagel sandwiches and toasty things yeah. like the lattes and all the things I love. So yeah. I like, recommend that. And then also my friend's friends just, they're opening up, I think in about two weeks from now, they're opening up a, a vegan sandwich shop downtown, I believe, called Golden Goods. So look out in, for in Golden Goods in Hood, in Hood River. In Hood River. Mm-hmm. Vegan sandwich shop. But I haven't, you know, I can't vouch for it yet, but I believe that they are going to do incredible. What's the name of it again? Golden Goods. Golden Goods. Okay. Huh. A vegan sandwich shop. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm vegetarian, not vegan, but I will definitely be checking it out. (laughs) So what are are some, some good vegan dishes around here in the area? Well, I can't speak to the vegetarian, but for vegan, or for, I can't speak to vegan, but for vegetarians like me, I actually really like the new Love and Hominy tacos. Uh, they're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right downtown. What else do I, I mean, Fall River for all the vegetarian curries. I'll just get tofu. I love tofu. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to sound so ignorant, but the difference between vegan and vegetarian. Typically. So I think there's kind of like, you know, a spectrum and different ones, but like me personally, as a vegetarian, I don't eat meat or fish. So I I still eat eggs and cheese because I can't Mm -hmm. imagine a life without cheese. I think about it all day, every day, Mm -hmm. desserts, chocolate, milk. I love all that. (laughs) So that's me as a vegetarian, just no, no white meat, no red meat, no fish. Um, And vegans won't have any animal products. So they won't, typically they won't have like honey either. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't actually know if there are a lot of vegans in this. I think uh, Portland probably has a lot of vegans. I'm not sure. I think Hyde River is still pretty much into, like, local mm-hmm. meats and stuff. So good yeah. for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know I know I've been told the, the difference before, but sometimes, like, um, so if um, if you can't deduce, I, I, I am a meat eater. So. <laughs> Most people are. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, but but I, I do, I still get confused on, on the difference between um, vegan and vegetarian. I know that there was a difference. And then there's like, um, I think another called like pescatarian. Yep. Yeah. So they'll eat fish. And um, and I feel, you know, if you live here, like I'm like, you, I, I should eat fish. I just don't really like it. And I did last summer, I tried eight different types of fish and, and salmon was actually not bad. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll have it often, but like, you know, how can I live? here and not eat salmon <laughs> yeah 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 and you said you're vegetarian and so so can you can you eat fish no, no. i typically i mean like i don't want to it's sort of like the we were talking about like putting yourself into a box right like when you say like well i'm not a mathematician i'm not good at math it's like you put that label on yourself and like i'm not into that so like yeah yes i identify as vegetarian but if like if somebody home cooked me something that had meat or fish in it and mm-hmm. it looked good and I wanted to eat it, of course I'm going to eat it. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I went to Brazil as a vegetarian, which like wouldn't recommend. Like You should probably right. just eat the meat. And I still tried a couple of things while I was down there because like, how could I not oh, fully, wow. I'm going to Nepal next month. And I think they have a lot of vegetarian wow. friendly foods, but um, you know, I might go out of my comfort zone and try some new things over there. Wow, you're going to Nepal. Mm-hmm. Lifelong dream of going to, I'm um, trekking to Everest Base Camp. I'm not climbing Everest. Don't worry, Mom and Dad. <laughs> they know this. <laughs> but a lot of strangers, I'll say, I'm going to yeah. Everest Base Camp. They're like, you're summiting Everest? Never said that. But um, yeah, it's about a 15-day trek. We'll start in Kathmandu, fly to Lukla, then uh-huh. we're walking uphill for now, how does your days. How does your 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 trip, like, what what's your flight path over there? I'm stopping. So I'm going west out of Seattle into... Doha, Qatar, 
and then there's a short layover there and then straight from Qatar to mm-hmm. Kathmandu. So totally wow. different part of the world I've never been in, but that's one of my top must-sees in the entire world. Yeah. And yeah. finally getting there. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Nepal. I'll have some good stories for the speakeasy after that one, I'm sure. I, I, I have this um, sort of like whenever I hear Nepal, for some reason I think of like like monasteries and like mm-hmm. climbing the mountain to to get to the top of the monastery you know I, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen movies like that where like well they have like, like they have a lot of hindu and buddhist uh following out there so we do we will pass a couple temples and more like religious villages so that'll be yeah. an interesting it, i mean it's so like mount i've gotten more into mountaineering over the past few years and like just this summer i <laughs> i did a fundraiser with all my free time mm-hmm. <laughs> i did a fundraiser where i've been climbing cascade volcanoes to raise money to expand outdoor now, experiences for girls now um, mountaineering is different from rock climbing isn't it yeah and there's definitely a lot of like overlap and skills and like you know you want to know your ropes and your knots yeah. and systems and all of that but um i'm i wouldn't call myself a rock climber like i i dabble when someone invites me i love to go mm-hmm. <laughs> i can lead a five seven and no more but um yeah. for mountaineering it's like more of those snow and ice skills so yeah. um you know, I just start when I moved here, I started doing like Mount St. Helens in the winter and Mount Adams and kind of built up from there. Does your cell phone work up at the top of those mountains? Uh, you know, I've actually noticed a couple spots, not like not reliably. I bring my Garmin in reach for everything just mm-hmm. in case of emergencies. I've never had to use it for an emergency, but it's it'll text too, which is nice. Like, hey, I'm coming right. home late. And that bounces off the satellites? Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. So you will actually find, I mean, Mount Hood. I'm pretty sure climbing Mount Hood to the summit and back, I have... LTE for like 90% of it. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mount Rainier, not so much. You'll get it. If you like a good day hike, if you're in the Mount Rainier area, you can go yeah. halfway up the mountain to Camp Muir, which is where most people will spend the I, night and there is service there. I was just about to mention if, uh, um, if it, I don't know if it's, it, it would make a difference because it sounds like you already have a Garmin, but I think the new iPhone hmm. has like a, uh, a satellite function now. Oh, you wow. Can, you can, well, you can, you're, like, so the new iPhone that just, they just unveiled, like will so you you can go to the re, I think some of the re, most remote parts of Earth. Wow! And if you're in an emergency only, like oh, like it. It, you can't make just a regular phone call, mm-hmm. but if but it it can send out an SOS to the satellites. That's great. I mean, like yeah. still though, think like you know, what if it breaks? What if it runs out of battery? Well, like the that, Garmin yeah. could happen too. Gar- and always bring your map and pa- be a good Girl Scout. Bring a map map and paper com- <laughs> paper map and compass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little. Um, uh, what was the Boy Scouts model? Not Boy Scouts, but I mm-hmm. see. I, when I was younger, I used to be in Cub Scouts, and like the the motto was "Be prepared." Be uh-huh. prepared. Every every meeting, be prepared. What's our motto? Be prepared. So yeah, that, that's We're always prepared too. I had, I dedicated <laughs> many years to making sure Girl Scouts would be prepared for all their outdoor outdoor adventures. <laughs> now, are you involved with Girl, Girl Scouts here in Hood River? Then, you know, there's not a huge Girl Scout uh, membership out here. So the Girl Scouts of the USA is like the umbrella, right? And that covers mm-hmm. the whole country. But then that's broken up to about a hundred different councils, which cover geographic regions. So. Girl Scouts of Oregon and Southwest Washington covers Hood River County, Klickitat County, uh, Skamania, Clark County, um, possibly Wasco as well. But if you mm-hmm. are looking to be a Girl Scout, you can go to girlscoutsosw.org and you can either start a troop or join a troop. I think someday mm-hmm. if I have kids or maybe 
no matter what, I would mm -hmm. be a part of it. I'd be a troop leader um, or be involved in some way. But, you know, I'm still doing some work for them on the side. And it's mm -hmm. been really fun to, you know, I have a patch program coming out for Girl Scouts to get more into winter recreation. Because, like I said, mm -hmm. I want those Girl Scouts to be on the top of Mount Hood or wherever they're yeah. near. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, do, they, do, um, do, do you know, do they do they sort of like stay stick with kind of the old school skills, like the same, like, you know, hiking, camping that they did a hundred years ago, or do they start getting into like the newer technology too? Or there's both, um, definitely like a whole range and like a girl scout troop is really built on like what the girls, like girl scouts is a girl led organization. And so mm -hmm. like ideally the girls are choosing what they're going to be learning. The girls are leading their trips and the girls are planning their trips. But of course, like having troop leaders, like adult volunteers that, have certain skills like that'll influence the troop too right so if you have these like super outdoorsy high-tech troop leaders that'll probably show up in your girl scouts as youth and then you know on the flip side if you have adults who don't have any outdoor experience and have never been backpacking before mm -hmm. of course they're not going to feel comfortable taking their group of kids on a backpacking trip together um and that's kind of where i'm seeing the gap right now like still a little bit in our community too when it comes to families like of course we have like our ex-olympians here in hood river and we have a lot of like very capable very outdoorsy people mm -hmm. but there's sort of like you know that end of the spectrum and then on the other end like there are so many people who live here that really don't know like how can i safely take my children on backpacking how can mm -hmm. i how can i safely like go on a solo hike as a woman on dog mountain or like something mm -hmm. like that like everybody mm -hmm. has a different again progression mm -hmm. everyone has a different level of comfort and everyone has a different background and experience and so i kind of i want to find a way to bridge that gap in our community mm -hmm. where we do have a bunch of confident and capable outdoors people that are able if they started a girl scout another girl scout troop out here then mm -hmm. they would be able to you know eventually summit mount adams with their girl scouts <laughs> cool cool um, so, uh, let's get into real quick. Let me ask you, what, what are some of your favorite things to do in this area? Hmm. Okay. I have to plug Gorge Ultimate. I started playing Ultimate Frisbee in Massachusetts. And, uh, if you haven't played Ultimate Frisbee before, don't know what it is. It's sort of like football in the sense of like you're scoring in end zones. Mm -hmm. You can't run with the Frisbee. You have to just throw it. <laughs> so we have a fun, uh, it's a, an adult sports league out here. And we're hoping to get a youth league at some point too oh, cool. in the next couple of years. But if you want to learn how to play Ultimate Frisbee or if you've played it before and you're like, what? Hood River Ultimate area has Frisbee one? Ultimate Frisbee is absolutely a blast. It is so much fun. It and like so really all levels fun. friendly, like so spirited. Yeah. It's like the happiest sport on earth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely highly recommend coming out. Just like, you know, go to Gorge Ultimate on Instagram and you'll find us. <laughs> that is awesome. Do you run, do you, so do you help run that too or? Um, I have, so we, Gorge Ultimate is actually a nonprofit. So we have a board and I served on the board for a handful of years and mm. I'm not currently on the board. I left in, um, the winter, but I am captaining our next tournament, which is out in Tri-Cities on Halloween weekend. So a I'm tournament. still, yeah, yeah. We go, so Ultimate Frisbee teams will all gather uh, for a tournament and we'll just play for two days straight and tournament yeah. style. We'll usually, Gorge Ultimate is, you know, kind of more, we're mi middle of the pack. So we won't be winning our A bracket, but we might be in the B bracket or winners yeah. of the C bracket. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, we're a good crew. And I know um, rugby is, I don't, I don't play rugby myself, but we've shared the fields with them before. And rugby is a blast. Like every person I've spoken to that does it has been really friendly. Mm -hmm. um, I know they're, they're a super active club as well. 
I've never played rugby, but that looks pretty fun too. Yeah, I think it's touch rugby too. So like, don't be scared away. You won't yeah, get hurt yeah. as much. <laughs> and any other thing, any other uh, sort of like hobbies, activities you like to do in the gorge? So I, I am definitely like one of those, like I'm just mostly an outdoorsy girl and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not so much into like arts or, I don't know. I, I, I really identify with like all of my hobbies are outside, but I'll say one thing I'm trying to get better at is whitewater kayaking. I did my very first whitewater kayak ever and it was on the lower a few months ago and, um, I did a lot of paddling while screaming, this is so scary and fun. Yeah. So I would like to get better at that. And then I might splurge on myself and get a value pass for Mount Hood Meadows this year just so mm-hmm. I can, you know, I have my backcountry ski touring set up and that's been fun, but I want to, you know, and I've taken my avalanche awareness course and everything and, um, or my rescue skills. And it's like, I just need to, I just need to finesse my form a little bit before I can like feel comfortable skiing Mount Adams. So, um, right. if I can dedicate my time this winter to practicing flipping, a, rolling a kayak in the, uh, pool in Hood River and then getting up to the meadows for a bit, I think yeah. that'll be a successful winter. <laughs> oh, cool. In the winter time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they, so the pool. have a wetsuit. They, well, they, well, people do kayak in the winter for sure, but, um, the pool in Hood River has like kayak specific sec- sessions where people will bring their kayaks and okay. practice rolling in the pool. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Yeah. 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 Well, I, know, <laughs> I know it now. New tip. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, um, one last question I have mm-hmm. for you. Uh, um, yeah, you mentioned like so you do the the, the speakeasy with uh, several others. Yeah. So uh, are you um, like how many others and and uh, what's what's a what's a quick sort of like are you okay with giving sort of a quick background on like who who are the others on the sure, um, yeah. speakeasy? So we started. <laughs> I should have asked them like how much can I divulge about all of you? Let's gossip. No. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably just a line or two. Of, yeah. Like, like, who. So these are all just like gorge friends of mine. So um, I would say, well, actually more than half of them grew up here in White Salmon and Snowden. Mm -hmm. So they're like super local, local, like they knew what it was like here before it is what it is like now here. Mm -hmm. So um, that's really valuable to know the people who have those like really like generations long standing relationships with local people and local businesses. That's really, really helpful. So um, so yeah, a few three friends who grew up white salmon and um snowden and another one who spent summers here in hood river and then um yeah we just kind of all snowball let these ideas snowball and bounce things off each other and then i just basically stand on stage and say what's happening (laughs) cool 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 well um well without further ado i think uh unless is there um so real quick uh so how do they uh how do they find out about the Gorge Speakeasy mm-hmm. and um, that, that can they contact you through the Gorge Speakeasy then or? Yeah, so I'll, I can give you a list of links too if you want to put them in the okay. show notes, but I will shout out the Ruins. So most people mm-hmm. know the Ruins for their outdoor summer concerts, which are fantastic mm-hmm. as well. But a lot of people, even locals, are surprised to know that there's an awesome indoor event space at the Ruins as well. And they have been just phenomenal, like the management, the the bartending, like they've all been so, so good to us. So um, we do rent the space from them on that first Wednesday of the month, mm-hmm. but they have a lot you know since so much happens outdoors in the summer if you have an indoor event that you want for like a community gathering whether it's mm-hmm. recurring or just one time i do highly recommend renting from the ruins um 
because they've been so fun to have there. And yeah, we're there first Wednesday of every month, except because I'm going to Nepal. We are not going to be running an event this October. We're just taking like a quick break. We will be back uh, the first Wednesday of the month, starting November 2nd of 2022. And then we've decided this year, I don't even think I announced this yet, but we are going to be taking the summers off just because, again, it's a lot of work for a few of us and um, it's nice to take some time off. So we'll be taking off June, July, and August of 2023, which sounds wild to be saying 2023, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll be starting back November 2nd, 2022 and going through Memorial Day. So first okay. Wednesday every month at the inside part of the ruins, starting at 7 p.m. You can find yep. us at Gorge Ultimate on Instagram and Facebook. We do have an email newsletter that I'm trying to get more people on because it's where we put all the information for the month in one email a month with like extra mm-hmm. fun stuff, whatever. Um, so you can just message me and I can add you to the email list. Um, but again, new people every single month. I pulled people at the last event and half the people in the room raised their hand if I asked if it was their first time there. So we're always getting new people. We're welcoming mm-hmm. if you want to bring any friends. Again, it's only 18 plus, but um, we're happy to have pretty much anyone show up, especially if you want to tell a story, especially if you want to write a scoop. And even if you just want to sit there and take it all in and listen and we'll see yep. if we have food sometime. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of which we have a lot here in Head River. Oh yeah. I know. I'm food. serious. If any restaurant <laughs> is like, Ooh, good opportunity. Reach yeah. out to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. And, uh, any other, uh, last, uh, any, any, any parting comments or any last minute, mm. um, I wish I had something more eloquent to say, but I love it here. And let's just keep supporting each other and finding more yep. ways to collaborate. So reach yep. out if that is something that you want to do. All right. And uh, before I go, I want to shout out to uh, Ashlyn Neparud for <laughs> introducing um, our number yeah. one fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Ashlyn. And um, thanks, Ashlyn. Yep. And um, all right. So I think that'll, I'm going to wrap it up for today. And uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks, it's, it's been fun. It is. So I'm ready to um, go discover more of Hood River. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. And uh, I'll catch you in the next episode.